Hello everyone, dear listeners of the Education Newscast. So in this episode, you already hear it, we will uh, speak English and we will have an SAP internal example of a talent development program. And I'm very happy to have a very, it's not an old colleague, a former colleague <laughs> uh, uh, sitting here next to me. Ilka and also two, uh, two colleagues who are part of the program, Taiwo and Faith. And yeah, I'm really looking forward uh, uh, to talk about that program with you. It's called Africa Kommt. And yeah, so I think this was it very briefly on the intro. So perhaps you three just could introduce you uh, briefly. Ilka, perhaps you want to start. You, could you say some words to yourself, your journey at SAP? Yes. Hi, everyone. And my name is Ilka Wiskemann. I'm a Global HR business partner at SAP in Germany. And um, apart from my normal uh, profession, I run the program called Africa Compt, which SAP is one of the founding companies. And I am with SAP for quite some time by now. It's 18 years. And I'm handing over to you, Faith. Hello everyone, my name is Faith Mwemer, I come from Kenya and I'm very happy to be part of SAP and especially part of the Africa Comp program on the 8th intake. I am working in Success Factors, Employee Central as an engineer and as a data analyst and I'm glad to be here. Hi. Thank you. Hi, my name is Taiwo Ladipo, I'm Nigerian and I'm also a part of the 8th intake of the Africa Comp program. Currently, I'm doing my fellowship with SAP Success Factors in Roots, specifically in Employee Central as an engineer. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for the introduction. So, Ilka, could you introduce you, uh, us a little bit uh, to the program? So, like, what are the goals? What are the partners? And, yeah, what are just the different components? Yeah, the program is... Um a talent development program where we hire talents out of Africa and formerly it's been more tailored to sub-Sahara Africa but um, we are now opening it for the entire continent. We post positions for SAP where we identify good um, vacancies for with together with the business um, and then we post positions on a platform which is called Africa Compt. We get quite a number of applications um, just to give you a couple of numbers in the current program we had received 46,000 registrations on the platform and out of those um, 46,000 um, registrations, we have received more than 9,000 applications. So I think it's also good to get a feeling of um, the perception of the program. Um, after we have reviewed the applications, we run an assessment center where we invite the participants um, to Nairobi. This is not the usual way of recruiting talent for SAP. So it's a different experience for some of our hiring managers who participate in the program. And then the participants run through a two-day um, assessment center where they have to um, fulfill, uh, they, they write an essay, which 
where they describe the motivation of the program, why they've applied for the respective companies, uh, what they think they gain out of the program, and why they're what they're expecting um, to learn when they join the companies. And um, yeah, once we've made our decision, which is actually a really tough one, because everyone who comes to Nairobi to the assessment center is a true talent. Mm. So to make a decision there is, is definitely not an easy one. When we come back um, and we've made our decision, the participants, they run through a um, couple of checks, the visa is being prepared, and um, we start to get engaged with our candidates that we hire for, or that we have hired for SAP. Um, they start their journey in Germany um, in August. The first stop is a three months um, intensive language training. So they live for three months in Bonn. Um, and th the reason why we're doing is it's um, not just because it is helpful to understand the language, but there are some companies in areas where English is not really um, the company language. Also it's English training, not German training. It's, an, it's German training. Ah, okay. So they le learn German. But the company, I mean, for us at SAP, it's so natural mm. that when we see foreigners or we, we see someone who we think is maybe not um, native German, that we switch into English. But um, there are some companies where that is not the case. Mm -hmm. They are not as multinational as we are. And... Um, so and and apart from that, I think it's also important that when they go grocery shopping, you know, not every um, like the, at least the basics to yeah, survive, you, uh, right? In, to get it mm. adjusted and adapted, and it it does. I think German does make um, a big part of our the language. German does make a big part of our culture. So. Um, After those three months in Bonn at the Goethe Institute, they come and join us uh, for nine months. And then we have um, a special SAP AK onboarding where we get introduced into different topics. And I think that is a very essential part for the participants to know where to go, whom to contact, how do I set up my equipment. Um, we're very much... Um, educated in using the IT ticket and the HR direct ticket. But if you're new to SAP, you have to get a proper introduction into these things. We get um, someone over from the learning department to because learning is very essential for SAP employees and it's kind of a lifestyle. So we talked about that. How do we communicate? What is our way and style of communication? Um, we get someone from compliance to talk a little bit about governance and policies and mm -hmm. these things. And how many from this 9,000 uh, then make it to a program? Do you have a in, number on that? In the current um, program, so which uh, Faith and Taiwo are part of, uh, we have 44, 47 participants. This is only at SAP? Or no, they're with the all the companies, companies yeah. Oh, okay. Some other DAX companies mm -hmm. or um, medium sized business companies, mm -hmm. they are also part of the program. Could you just drop some names, like uh, which other partners yeah, are there on we, the program? Yeah, a lot of them are pharmaceutical. We, we uh, have Böhringer Ingelheim, we have B. Brown, 
We have ThyssenKrupp, Bosch. Bosch mm. is a major element um, in the program. We have Merck, Siemens, Volkswagen, Mercedes, okay. Stiel. Okay. And how many are in, in, at SAP then? Currently, we have eight. Okay. In AK8, we have eight. <laughs> so let's see, maybe in AK9, we'll have nine. <laughs> yeah. And each AK, Africa Compt, that's an abbreviation, uh, is nine months. Did I say that correct? Correct, okay, yeah. Right. So okay. it, it runs, the program runs from, so when the contract uh, for us starts from November each year until um, July the following year, whereas in between um, there are management trainings uh, like foundations, they offer trainings as well, the Bosch Stiftung or Zeitstiftung and even SAP also contributes to some learning milestones in between. Okay, and uh, so what did you learn so far? So there were already some iterations, uh, what we heard. Yeah, well, first of all, the participants, they get the culture training and culture, as I said, in terms of an introduction to the German culture, um, coming from an African country and entering the German border, as we can imagine, can be quite a change for some, especially for those who have um, who joined the program and that maybe have not been to Europe or to the US before. And um, some have left their home countries for the very first time. So mm. if we slip into those shoes that And, and think of moving into a different culture, into a different um, country that is quite um, a change. So then we have designed, as I said, some management trainings that cover uh, yeah, content like difficult conversations or conflict training, how to be a good leader. We speak about agile leadership in, in some of the trainings. Uh, what does it mean in the context of SAP? but also in general managing a team. Um, and we have trainings that are offered for all participants, not only for the SAP fellows. And uh, yeah, some of them are delivered through one of our major partners, which is the GIZ, mm -hmm. Gesellschaft für Internationale Zusammenarbeit, who manages and runs the program outside of what we have to uh, set up internally so they they work with us very close help us get the visa ready and arrange the flights for the participants to come to germany and to the ac so they they have a hell of work um, in the background to do and and manage that amazingly yeah and uh, you mentioned that the program is also uh, run at, uh, at other companies yeah, like bosch or steel does the program uh, differ then uh, compared to how we do it at SAP? I, I could not really um, share how they exactly run it, but um, because it's not really that we have a close curriculum or a general curriculum that all the companies have to follow. So even within SAP, the setup of the participants could be different okay. like we have uh, some in success factors uh, we have some in other units uh, of the product development we have one participant currently in the ombuds office and mm -hmm. if i look at one of the past um, candidates we had we we established um, a rotation so okay someone who was in hr 
was in different teams in HR, so that could rotate. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, and uh, was there anything what you personally learned from the different iterations from the program, let's say professionally, but perhaps also personally? Uh, personally, I learned a lot, and mm -hmm. I have to um, share that as a European or We, we often tend to think Africa is one country mm. and I've been to some of the uh, countries yet by far not where I wish I could be but I can share it's just like Europe every country in Africa is completely different they have their own cultures and and for good reasons and it is something that we in Europe have to be very open-minded about very sensitive in when we make business decisions and that was actually one of my my biggest learning and I every time I introduce the program to units or to business leaders I realize that there's a big gap of what we yet don't know from and Africa. about Africa. And, about Africa. Mm -hmm. and um, there's so, I mean, the potential that I see is really huge. We do have challenges, yes, but we have them everywhere with every market, I think. Um, it takes some time to get adjusted to the markets, and um, but we had that in the past as well when we went into the China um, market or into India market and so on. Yeah. Compared to China, probably Africa is already pretty mature. So we just opened a new training center, for example, for customers in, in Africa. But uh, whatever. Now we talked a lot of about the program and uh, the setup. So I, I would really like now to hear it from uh, you both, from Taiwo and uh, Faith. Perhaps you could uh, briefly tell us a little bit more facts about uh, perhaps we start Why, why did you choose to apply at SAP? So why, what made this attractive to you both? Okay, so for me, my background is in software development, mm -hmm. engineering, and sometime in my career, I also plan to dive into management, mm -hmm. people management. So when I saw the call for applications for the program, I saw what the program was offering in terms of ability to develop your managerial competencies and skills, and also to be able to grow competence in terms of so software development for a bigger market. So that was what attracted me to SAP. And I saw other companies and the candidate profiles, but SAP was the one that actually offers what I am looking for. So, and it was a good fit. So I just knew I had to apply for SAP. And uh, did you work uh, somewhere already or did, did you come directly from university? I worked for three years already before applying for the program, but I've mm -hmm. always worked as a software engineer. And currently, here also, I'm working as a software engineer as well. Okay, thanks. And Faith, perhaps you want to share your, your thoughts? Or you, why, why did you choose SAP? Okay, so I chose SAP because I wanted a different experience. Um, I worked for three years before I came to Germany as mm -hmm. a consultant, a technology consultant mm -hmm. in PricewaterhouseCoopers. And I liked it, but I always wanted to move to an engineering team and... For me, the easier thing seemed like moving to a tech company, but I didn't know how to go about it. So when I saw the call for applications, I actually didn't know about it. My sister told me about it, and she told me that, oh, ACP is actually on the list. I told her, okay, good, I'll look at it. 
So I went ahead and I chose SAP and I saw the, there were quite a number of positions, but I wanted to move to one that had engineering. Mm-hmm. And I applied and I got it. And that's what I like now that I've actually made that move from consulting and I'm able to see this other part of myself working in an engineering team because my background in training is computer science mm-hmm. and I did do software development at some point in my life and I realized that I actually liked it and that's what I wanted to do. So SAP gives me that. And what are you learning so far? So next perhaps to develop software or so like in this specific uh, area. So could you share that? Uh, professional soft skills or others? Okay. So I currently don't do the actual software development. Okay. I do data analysis and work with uh, program management and uh, architects to come up with solutions for different customer challenges or issues that the customers have. And one of the things that have been my key learnings for the last four months has been how to go about crafting a solution as a solution architect, which has been really new <laughs> and exciting. <laughs> mm. I have to say new and exciting because I've never done it before. And Interesting enough, I've come to realize that it it gels in with my personality in terms of analyzing issues and looking at all perspectives and thinking about all the challenges and issues that could be there and trying to come up with a proper solution to a problem. And without without having come to SAP, I wouldn't have known that about myself and realized that, yes, actually, that part of me that I, that analyzes issues could actually play a part in a tech company and help in doing the actual solution architecture. So that has been my main my main learning, actually. Yes, if you found another talent or another thing what you like uh, to do. Yes. Could you give an example? Uh, is it possible? Just as how, how, what concretely you did, uh, for example, I crafted the solution. Was it an integration issue between different systems, for example, or What kind of stuff uh, are you working on as a, uh, as a data analyst? Okay, so as a data analyst, I have been looking at usage analysis for employee central modules. Mm-hmm. So we have a situation where, so the employee central has very many modules within it. So for example, we have job information, compensation, we have position mm-hmm. management, but then how well do we know what modules the customers are using without looking at how they actually what data they actually have behind the different modules so that has been a case Taiwan have actually been trying to solve trying to give statistics on uh, if you have job information records then how do these tie to the employees or the employments that the company has mm-hmm. so that's one case for the usage analytics and then for an architecture task um There's one where we had, there was a migration that was conducted on what we call pick lists. Mm-hmm. So pick lists give the drop-down options for mm-hmm. drop-downs. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're selecting a country, you have all these countries, Brazil, Kenya, Germany, Nigeria. So those are pick lists. But then they were migrated to become effective dated, but they were not behaving as they should like they were not respecting the effective dated concept. So if this is the effective dated concept, if today you create a new time slice um, and you want to see, and you want it to take effect tomorrow, 
if you try and create a record and reference that pick list that is effectively starting tomorrow, then you should see the updated list. But that's not what was happening. So my task was to find out why it's not happening and to find out how to solve it and to give a solution to it, to document the solution and to also state from my assessment and also from interacting with other architects who've worked on it in the past, mm-hmm. how long they think it would actually take to solve. And right. yeah. So a really concrete uh, problem and a solution. Okay, yes. thanks. Just to understand sometimes, I think that's, that's good to know what, what in detail you, you're working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps uh, we could uh, switch uh, to you, uh, Taiwo. Perhaps uh, you could say some words, what your learnings are so far, professional or the perhaps also soft skills uh, through the program. Okay, so initially I also did a bit of data analysis, mm-hmm. trying to analyze the usage statistics for some of our features, just to be able to make decisions on where to intensify efforts on some of the configuration settings so we know what features customers are actually using and it drives our decision into what should be discontinued, what should be improved upon. Mm. So that was my initial task. And now I am also able to work on customer tickets to be able to sometimes it's a bug sometimes it could be specific to individual uh, companies so what i've also learned is being responsible for development on a global scale for example you're not just developing for a particular country you're also considering other countries where you have customers because sometimes the labor laws can be different mm. so what applies in the us does not necessarily apply in china so these have been big learnings for me in terms of being responsible for the customers that are using the feature I work on. Mm, yeah, you need to juggle a lot of different interests, uh, probably, and balance uh, that out. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, so, so perhaps something about the German culture. So did, did you have some surprises? Probably everyone gets uh, <laughs> surprises here, but something what you learned, like a... a like a tip for everyone coming to Germany perhaps uh, and wasn't here before? Of course, the language. So initially, before I left Nigeria, I was uh, studying the language using Duolingo and I thought I was really good (laughs) until I got here and my tongue just froze. (laughs) I could not speak. So, but getting here, the language lessons really helped me. So I was also able to make basic communication in um, daily interactions, going shopping, getting groceries and all that. So I think the language course being a part of the program is really, really important Mm -hmm. and helpful. Also, other things, I think the food, but actually it wasn't as as shocking as I had expected because eventually I realized that we eat the same things. It's just maybe the way of preparation that differs at the end of the day. What what did you expect? Are there some... Okay, so the thing was, I was expecting to see a lot of wurst and ah. kartoffel. <laughs> wurst and cuckoo clocks everywhere. And kartoffel yeah. everywhere. But then right. you get here, you see other things. You see rice, you see pasta, you see mm. spaghetti. So it's just... And then the workplace culture, how people work together. Is this something where you uh, learn something? What do you perhaps need to do different or so? Yeah, I like the fact that it's a collaborative approach because it's a really big company and Mm. it's easy to get lost. But I also like the arrangements where you have 
teams inside teams inside teams. So within your team, you know everyone and everyone knows you. So you are not invisible compared to when someone just unpicks you from like um, in the whole sense of the company. So I like the fact that it's collaborative and the management also is open Mm. And they are communi- communicating that every day that it's an open culture. The SAP talk and the ability, the, the the flexibility such that you are able to summon your manager and talk about things. I've also had an experience about this where I asked for something, and in less than five minutes, I saw it going into effect. Like I was getting what I wanted immediately, mm. and that was really encouraging for me. So I like the open co- openness and the collaborative approach to work. Okay, thanks. So perhaps over to you, Faith. Uh, any learnings from the German culture, perhaps the general one, and also like the, the workplace culture? Hmm. Any learnings? Yes. That's so. worst here than expected <laughs> also? <or? laughs> no, about the culture, the shock for me was mm. the cold food. <laughs> Pardon? Cold food. Like you find, you will go for lunch and you'll find most people are taking the salads and the cold stuff. <laughs> and you're wondering, okay, am I the only one who's going for the hot dishes or <laughs> looking for something hot to eat? Okay. <laughs> That was, okay, I had been told about it, but you know the way you told something, but until you see it, then it mm. becomes reality. So that for me you was... You experience it yeah. sometimes. Just, uh, the other thing I love is the beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That I have to say, I love the beer. <laughs> In Germany, it's really, really nice. Yeah. And then with regards to um, more about culture. Workplace well, culture. So like how um, people collaborate and work. So. so one of the things I like is ask. So I was told when first thing we were told when we walked in is ask and ask and ask. And yes, whenever you were stuck, And there's always that one person you can go to and ask. And they may not have the answer for you, but they will know who else you can ask. Mm. And if they have the answer for you, then the interesting thing is most of the times they will stop what they're doing and assist you. That's what I like about this place. And you don't even have, the person who you even, whose help you, don't, you need sometimes is not even in the room. But you might be referred to someone else within the network. Who you and you're told just reach out to this person, and the funny, the interesting thing is that they will have time for you, and they'll even tell you, go ahead, book a slot, and let's discuss this, and I can help you out. So I really like how people help each other, and as much and the way that you're told to just ask, and you'll get the assistance. And also, I think this is also tied to within SAP the culture of networking, because mm. that is something I've also found that really stands out about SAP, how you're able to just meet it's. It, it just comes out. You don't even realize it. You just meet people and you just talk and is it a coffee, a few minutes at having coffee or lunch. It's just, it's ingrained into it. You don't even realize it as it happens. Mm. But yes, that's something I've really seen different. Yeah, that's, that's right. So, mm. so currently a lot of companies want to implement such a swarm approach or network culture. But uh, I think here it's already somehow in the DNA, like with the coffee corners everywhere, of the, the social support. Uh, uh, sometimes you forget that this if you're so long here. Okay, so thanks for sharing that. So, uh, okay, this is this sounds like a, a question from a recruiting interview, but... Uh, I thought it's, it's perhaps just interesting uh, where you see yourself in the future. So like like in three years or so, do you have uh, uh, any idea and also how the program has helped you uh, to get there? 
Yes, so far I think the program has really helped me because like I mentioned earlier, I want to go into management at some point in my career and part of my first three months stay in Bonn, I was offered an international management training mm-hmm. where I learned about uh, people management, understanding different personalities, the MBTI indicators, understanding um, different personalities and temperaments. So I think this is very important for someone who wants to be able to effectively manage people successfully. So this has been very vital. And also inside SAP, there's a lot of um, mindfulness courses where you get to learn how to have difficult conversations, how to search inside yourself, mindfulness in everything you do. So I think these are very valuable and we also help me to be the kind of leader that I want to be. And do you have, let's say, if you close your eyes, do you have an idea where you are in three, uh, three years professionally? Um, you you want to stay here perhaps or you want to move back? You want to, hope not, switch a, co- a company? Uh, start your own business so that uh, always a lot of options do you have uh, some ideas yeah I have some ideas and mm-hmm. that was when I attended SAP DCOM in January mm-hmm. being up close to people from the board members and even one of the co-CEOs was there talking about the strategy of the company it gave me a sense of connection to SAP and then it become it became clear to me that I actually want to be a part of the family for longer mm. Yeah. Okay, nice. Perhaps uh, to you, Faith, uh, any plans or ideas and also how the program helped you to get there? Okay, so let me start with my plans. Okay. <laughs> so I am looking at, in three years, um, leading a team, like a technical team. So that's in three years. And in five years, I'm looking at having set up my business and leading a business. So that's what I've been wanting to do for a long time. And also, in these five years, I'm also looking to study at the same time. So that's also one of the things I've taken out of the program, the opportunity to start looking at maybe studying in Germany, seeing what options are there for me and how I can go about it. And also, the people I've met here have also given me the support of the same Like they're able to point me to, okay, have a look at this and this is how you can go ahead and structure it. I would like to stay in SAP, but I'm also open to opportunities in other organizations in Kenya and in Germany. So that's how I put it. I'm open to any of these opportunities. What are some of the good things that I've taken out? Like Taiwo has mentioned, I am so grateful for the opportunity to take some of the courses that SAP provides on emotional intelligence. That has been a really huge takeaway for me. And also having people who I can talk about, talk to when I have challenges and who are able to guide me and to provide mentorship because I've also seen received the same from my department, especially the managers, have been very supportive in helping me to point, to point out my strength areas and to help mold the leader in me because I spoke to a number of them about it and I've also gotten to speak to a number of the leaders within SAP and they have given me the guidance to know how to go about if I wanted to lead how to go about it and to bring out the strengths in myself yes and just out of interest what kind of business do you want to lead so more consulting or engineering or so I'm looking at <laughs> this is an interesting thing. So 
it was an innovative idea that I had my friends and I had come up with when we were in campus together that was like four years ago so I still have that at the back of my mind I might begin with consulting because I still have the skills to do that so I could begin with that and then then move on to product development so that's how I see it mm-hmm. yes because right. I think it's it could be easier to begin with the consulting and then move on to a product that you can take to market And actually, um, I just read that, that there are a lot of interesting innovations coming from Africa, like in the mobile commerce area, just for, for an example. So not everyone knows that also from, from, from different countries. So there's a lot of uh, great stuff going on. So, um, all right. So, so I, I perhaps would, before we come to end, would like to switch briefly back to you, Ilka. Uh, Now uh, we looked at the program, the experiences. So now let, let's say if any of our listeners uh, would like to do a similar uh, program or even t- join, join it. So do you have any tips for, for establishing such a program? I think it's quite some effort, right? Well, it's an effort, but I would say it's not impossible. Uh, we are more than happy to welcome new companies if they want to join. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have that every year that another company joins and then we just sit together and find the best way to make it work for them. Um, It can be a company that already runs a business in Africa, but it's not a prerequisite, which Mm -hmm. I really think is uh, the beauty of the program. You don't necessarily have to be in Africa already and um, be, be there on site. Um, Because we have different options, um, what the candidate can expect out of the program. There's one, which is the ideal. If you have a business in Africa already, ideally we have the right position that we staff with our fellows. Um, The second option is that they could start working for the company here in Germany with all the setup needed, be it work permit and visa and so on. Or... We also had it in the past that one of the other participating companies wanted one of our fellows to join their company and then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So there's a exchange as well. Or if there's no possibility because the company maybe not have business on site, then that's also an option that uh, they return back to their home country and um, with all the incredible skills that they have acquired within that year um, they have definitely better job opportunities in their local home markets and i like also the term ecosystem so probably if you have been a longer time absolutely part of the family partners so you you would not you also can join the ecosystem yeah and that's uh, absolutely also for for us uh, 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 interesting Uh, any further tips if you if uh, other companies want to set up similar programs? Reach out to us. Mm, There's the www.africa-comt.de mm-hmm. webpage and okay. um, that's the to-go page or contact us directly. All right. And do, uh, what are your KPIs? So like your success criteria, could you share that? Uh, so from the program uh, part of you, is it the... Uh, Number of people who stay or number of, I don't know. Uh. We haven't really set KPIs as such because um, I think there's different uh, ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, just the number of 
increasing slots that SAP had, starting from one slot being with eight slots now, mm -hmm. um, shares that it's a successful running program and even more in the next cycle. But um, we have not yet set up KPIs. And I, I don't know if that would be the right thing for such a high-quality program. And any ideas to scale it further? So, I don't know, we have digitalization, yeah, digital learning, of course, development here with rotation and working on the job. It's probably hard uh, to, 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 to scale very high. Uh, do you have any ideas? Uh, we Yeah, we it's we do have ideas how to do it, but we first um, need to um, align it with our growth plan for Africa. So right. SAP has to um, look at that perspective first to make it uh, most useful for us um, as well, because it is quite an invest. But um, there's options to scale it and I think uh, as we run the program cross-board area by now, mm -hmm. not just focusing mm -hmm. on development only but also other um, board areas are joining or have joined by now, um, we definitely have a good opportunity and, and get good representation. All right. Yeah, so I think this was it mainly now on the program. I don't know if I missed anything, anything else you would share with would afterwards and come to the next section. Well, I think just by listening um, to what Faith and Taiwo have shared, I, I really could sense there's so much um, woman power in the room already. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's with our other fellows as well. Um, every time I interact with them, it's not just a hell of a fun, but also really um, power and energy and really enthusiasm. And when I, I have um, some other interactions with young talents as well in my role, I really see the... They, they really seek for knowledge and for getting the education. If you look at some of our kids at school, for them it's very granted what they get. But um, yeah, they're eager to learn something new every day and it's just so much fun to work with, with and interact with everyone. That's a great transfer to the next question. I usually always ask that, so regarding your own uh personal development so what's on your to learn list this year any anything you you can share or do you wanna it can be professional can be private can be a mix yeah i i look at my learnings um every now and then and um i know that analytics is something that is really relevant for the future data in HR as well There's so that a cool program by Enrico the guy who develops the HR people at SAP I know that yeah and um, HR loves data I think it's a very, very cool name HR loves data yeah. correct and we have a good curriculum for that in place mm -hmm. um, I haven't spent much time yet on it because we also were given amazing dashboards at SAP to mm -hmm. work with our business leaders and those dashboards l deliver the most relevant data to interact and set up a people strategy with the business leaders. Um, but analytics and data is definitely important going forward. And um, yeah, so let's see if I have time. That's the next thing I'm digging into. Any learn hacks you can share? So favorite learning methods and what you think is 
it's effective for you to learn. I'm a clear fan of podcasts. I'm, I Yay. love to listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. good. Okay, which one are you on your top list? Um, I'm a mindfulness teacher, so I listen to a lot of um, mindfulness podcasts. Can I share a dedicated one? Or? Yeah, I love um, Jonathan Lehman and Mark Lesser or Daniel Goldman. Those mm. are people I really like to, to listen at or um, Glenn Harold. Yeah, so I'm a podcast fan. I'm not the... My, my preference to learn is either do it, so mm. practice it, I'm a pretty practical person, or listen to it. And uh, uh, any other podcast next to the mindfulness ones you, you can share? Um, on leadership, there are um, some good ones, different um, authors that I or people that I listen to. Um, Adriana Huffington is one that I She has admire. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And any further resources? So we will put the Africa Comp link in the show notes so people can click on it. But yeah, it that'd be great. That'd be great. Oh. Um, let's do that. Yeah. And internally, for those who listen to the intern from, from SAP, we have a gem page mm -hmm. in place as well, which is um, reflecting all the need to know things. And of okay. course, we're here to answer any questions too. Right. Yeah. Gem uh, is an internal enterprise social network so for all colleagues you can check it out there so face uh, anything what you could uh, share what's on your to learn list uh, this year okay so one of the of course advance on my german <laughs> yes that's one of the things keep learning and improving on german and second thing is complete on i've been looking at investment courses mm -hmm. looking at so yes I've been making all this money in the four years I've been working. So how best to go ahead and invest it as much as I would want to work with investment advisors. I like to understand what they're talking about. So more of that. And also I'm reading about design. Mm -hmm. So looking at just to get to know what happens in the design world and why design, why we design the way we do and what's the psychology behind designing. Yes. Any resources you can share? Podcasts, books, articles, whatever. Okay, so I listen. There's one podcast that I listen to. <laughs> Has a very interesting name. It's called Unfuck Your Brain. Spelled okay. with the U, so an asterisk. The reason I actually like this podcast, it's by a lady called Kara Lowenthal. She's American, and it's about emotional intelligence, um, especially for women and unlearning all the things we have learned mm. in our past. And that is why she, she calls it the way she does. Unlearning mm. uh, all the things we have learned in the past because there are so many things as women that we do and we don't know why we do. And for example, if there was an opportunity today, it most likely the woman will not stand up and run to it. So why is it that we behave the way we do? And she helps you look at your thoughts and look at why you're thinking the way you're thinking and how to unlearn those habits and to start seeing things in a different perspective. And one of the things I've learned from that podcast is how to deal with anxiety, mm -hmm. performance anxiety, and a concept called uh, imposter syndrome. 
imposter syndrome because I realized that very many women have it. You don't know how to deal with it. And sometimes it it hinders, especially I, it has hindered me in the past from going for what I want. Like I look at my life and I think I had opportunities some places, but I didn't take them because I sat down to think, wait a minute, I listen to most of my thoughts mm. in my brain instead of standing up and rising up to the occasion. And I like it because her main focus is women and she focuses on the positive feminism. Okay, cool. Sounds very interesting. Uh, also very helpful. And yes. <laughs> great that you learned with podcasts. I'm a sincere big podcast fan. And I also think it's because often it's just an information update, but I think it's also good for soft skills to yes. get some... Of course, you need to practice it then, but you can get the impulse, uh, the initial trigger uh, uh, also on your ears. And uh, anything else? Or do you, do we want to switch to you, uh, Taivo? Right. So, what's on your to-learn list this year? Hmm. This year, I would learn to. I would like to learn about scalability. Scalability in terms of applications developments mm -hmm. when it get, when it grows to a point. So being able to reinforce it to to be um, resistant to scale and to mm -hmm. be able to grow my applications. So that is very hot on my plate right now. I would learn, like to learn more about that, and also I would like to learn more about emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. empathy, understanding people better listening skills stuff like that those are what i want to learn this year and any things what you want to share any we had now many podcasts <laughs> podcast books whatever okay. <laughs> it seems i'm the least fan of podcast in the room i'm more of a reader okay so and one of my favorite books is mindfulness mindsets by carol dewick mm -hmm. So I read it sometime last year and it was really good. It was eye-opening about the things we say to ourselves, the things we say to even young kids, how we can grow and nurture our mindsets. So there's um, the fixed mindset and there's the growth, the growth mindset. mindset. So mm -hmm. how to transition from the fixed mindset into the growth mindset. So I think it was really a good read for me. And I'll also be revisiting it sometime in the future as I grow in my career. Then also another favorite of mine is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. By Kim Scott. Radical, Radical Candor okay. by Kim Scott. So it's about giving feedback. And she did a good job of developing it into four quadrants. The manipulative insincere, then the um, ruinous empathy, then there is radical candor. And there is one more other quadrant, but it does the justice of giving feedback that is being mindful of how the other person feels and also ensuring that you communicate the message as much as possible. Okay, very helpful. I think such models are always very helpful mm -hmm. to practice uh, and to change the behavior. Right. What yeah, you're doing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anything else what you want to share? Otherwise, uh, I think we can call it a day. So I thank would you. Thanks so much for giving me, but also, of course, all our listeners, uh, all the information, your experiences, your personal journey. I thought this was very interesting. Also, like the end, uh, some resources. I hope. Uh, you listeners also find that inspirational so we'll put that in the show notes alright so thanks very much for your time and uh, yeah thanks for listening everyone thank you thank you okay bye bye bye